Welcome back to TaylorMade. My name is Joe Bettner, and on today's episode, we are going over Season 2, Episode 13 through 15, the impromptu end to this disastrous season of Friday Night Lights. But me and Spencer Davis go over all of it. We are excited to break down this last block. If you're not caught up on Season 2, Episodes 13 through 15, obviously a lot of spoilers going to be discussed in the next hour or so, so... Go on Hulu, Amazon Prime, wherever you can get Friday Night Lights, Peacock, the new NBC streaming app. Go watch it so you're all caught up and you know what we're talking about. Also, you know, if you're so inclined while you're doing other things, maybe go on the Apple Podcast app and give us a five-star rating and review. We are available on all major podcast platforms, but the Apple Podcast app, uh, sending us that review really gets out the word about the show and uh, helps us tremendously. So with that said, let's get right into the two-minute drill. Season 2, Episode 13, Humble Pie, Tim Riggins' decision to steal from Dylan's biggest drug dealer is coming back to bite him, and Smash's decision to confront the racist kid at the movie theater who harasses his little sister also comes back to bite him. Tammy is Dylan's new volleyball coach, and she recruits Tyra harder than Eric ever recruited really anyone. Things seem to be heating up between Lila and her boyfriend Chris. Jason Street now works for Buddy Garrity, and literally no one at work likes him. Like, literally no one. They all haze him. It's it's pretty sad to see. Then, on Season 2, Episode 14, Leave No One Behind, Matt is spiraling out of control as he deals with Carlotta's abrupt departure, and his car breaks down on the way to school. Naturally, he starts hanging out with Tim Riggins a lot more. Landry is finding a new love interest in Jean, which Tyra is increasingly becoming more jealous of. Smash's recruitment is derailing quickly after his arrest, and Julie is feeling more and more distant from her mother, who is thriving in her new position at Dylan High. Season 2, Episode 15, May the Best Man Win. In our impromptu season finale, Eric and Tammy's high school sweetheart, Mo, get in a pissing match over unexplained events that really I don't even know the writers could justify in the seven other episodes that were never produced. But Landry chooses between Gene and Tyra, Smash finds a new home to play college football, just nowhere near where he expected, and Jason has some big issues to sort out with a one-night stand. So, now that you're caught up, let's turn it over to Coach and Matt Saracen. You gonna be able to call the play? Yes, sir. 22 rocket on hit. 22. 22 rocket. I can't hear you. 22! I can't hear you. 22! 22 rocket! Listen to me, you're QB1 of the Dylan Panthers. Your teammates, if they can hear you, they will believe in you. Now you let it out until it hurts, you understand me? 22! 22 rocket! Hit it, hit it! What's your name? Matt Saracen! What's your play? 2 one Who do you play for, Saracen? Dylan How much do you want this? I want How much do you want this? I want it! Then take it! Uh, uh. Oops, 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 I'm cutting up. All right, Spencer, it's time to turn on the projector, pull up a folding chair, and go over the game film. It is four downs. Friday Night Lights Season 2, Episodes 13 through 15. This was, uh, we were just talking off mic, a little bit of an underwhelming block, but it is the uh, the end to this, this 
you know, much reviled second season. Uh, and it does get started a little bit uh, interesting here with uh, our first down. Uh, we've got Smash Williams. We're going to talk about Smash here off the top. Uh, he is essentially forced to apologize for um, uh, hitting the racist in the mouth um, and is, I believe, arrested at the beginning of this block as well. Um, and it just sort of it, it, it sort of unfolds for Smash. It, it, of course, it ends up working out in the end. Um, but you know, a lot of it, a lot of the injustices of Dillon, Texas, and places like it, uh, sort of unfold for Smash in this block. I was going to say, with this season two, episode thirteen, humble pie, it starts off just horribly for everyone involved. Like nothing really good comes from this episode. I don't think. I can't think of it. The only thing that could, that really came from it is that the Dillon Panther volleyball team won a game under Tammy Taylor, but we will get into that later. Uh, but no Smash's situation is just, it's really spiraling. We see him hit a stride through the second season of, you know, finally getting to the point where he's being recruited heavily by some big name schools. He commits to TMU, which he refers to as the U. So that's a fun little. When Miami fun. is also involved here. Yeah. Know, which I'm just like, in the Friday Night Lights world, TMU is the U. So Smash is finally has his luck turn around, which in the first season, he's struggling with the fact that he's not being looked at as much as others. And with this turn, with the whole, you know, assault charges being pre- presented against him, it's just tragic, man. It's, I mean, it's, it kind of encapsulates just a lot of social issues that, um, are prevalent with just, especially in towns like Dillon, Texas, these small Texas towns. Um, it, it's just really sad to see as we kind of, you know, I, I think that kind of toward the end, I don't want to jump ahead too much, but like we see toward the end of this season, uh, season or episode 15, that things are kind of turning around for smash. Um, but it's just, it, it really sucks that we don't have seven more episodes after this to kind of figure out where it goes from here for smash. Yeah. And like we, we've both just kind of alluded to there, it does end up working out for smash. He ends up committing to a good school, which we'll get to later, but it's, it's still not what he deserved probably. Right. Like, I mean, you could, you know, that's a whole other can of worms, I guess, but like, it's not what, it's not what his dream was. We get the heartfelt moment with his mom at the end of episode 15 where she essentially says as much like, I know this wasn't your dream, but this is going to work out and it's, it's okay. Um, which was a nice moment between those two and, and probably the best version of, you know, not a horrible way to leave off the, uh, the season finale. I didn't think. I was going to say, this was kind of almost in a sense an okay. And I don't know if the writers knew if the season was coming to an end at this point, but it, it is kind of a nice little bit of, closure almost yeah that we we know where smash is going um it's just not to tmu i would guess that they didn't know just because the football season ends sort of uh you know unsatisfactory you know it's just kind of like left out there are they going to make the playoffs or not um but all the other storylines are kind of in a place where you could maybe end the season on a on a cliff note like we'll talk about tyran landry um street and his situation is sort of an interesting cliffhanger um so you know it it could have been much worse with them getting stuck uh with with a 15 episode season here 
Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's just disheartening to see where Smash is going. And I think that to an extent, I mean, it's good to to see that he ends up at Whitmore and it's kind of a W for Corinna Williams, uh, his mother, yep. who wanted him to go to Whitmore in the first place. And it's good that they take him on um, and they're still very open and they kind of know their place in the recruiting landscape that, you know, we're not everyone's first option. Yeah. And we understand if you want to keep looking. But we will treat you like family if you come to Whitmore. And Smash, I think, likes that. It's honestly, I don't know why, but I honestly feel like Smash would love going to a small college because he is almost guaranteed to be the star player. Oh, yeah, he's going to be the man, yeah. He is absolutely his ego as he has admitted that he loves people loving him. Yeah. And this is the perfect place for that. And it's not like you can't get to the pros from where he's at in this place at Whitmore. So it's a, it's not the best situation, but still a pretty good situation. All things considered. I do think like, you know, it's, it's a pretty big controversy, especially not having any context or NBC story writers, you know, telling us (laughs) who smash Williams is as a person. I definitely think there are some schools that would still take a flyer on smash. like some big name schools that would take a flyer on smash Williams. Yeah. That was something that I wrote down too. Like, you don't really go from, uh, I guess, the University of Texas equivalent in this universe, TMU, to Arena Football League. <laughs> like, there are some some steps in between, and maybe even some steps in between TMU and Whitmore. Um, you know, I don't even, I don't, I, I can't. Uh, you know, there are some good HBCU football programs. Howard comes to mind, um, but there's also places like, I don't know. Uh, Ole Miss that probably would be interested in a guy like Smash, right? Like, but yeah, I, I like to your point. There theoretically in real life would have been more um, of a a straight line between, or you know, something else in between the straight line of TMU to to Whitmore. I I would have hoped for that. Like, I understand the Alabama coach basically saying, "Oh yeah, what you want me to get down on my knees and beg?" I'm sorry for your situation, Brian, but you turned us down. Remember. But like I said, it was a mistake. We honor our commitment, son. Juette Coleman is coming to Alabama, and you're not going to change that. To be quite honest, we're the University of Alabama. We don't play second fiddle to anybody. The fact that he knows that the coach, though, is, like, recruiting, like, it's very convenient. He knows that that scout is recruiting another Texas high school football player. and is That was a little iffy, yeah. Which also, yeah. that seems not really on Smash's side, but, like, if I was that scout, I would be like, man, this is like a huge violation. I can't talk to you right now. Yeah. Smash. Yeah. They get, this show gets a lot of things right about the recruiting world. That is, uh, is not one of them. Um, any other thing you want to hit on smash here? Um, I mean, Noni blaming herself whenever she's getting those, I don't even want to call them prank phone calls, but just the racist calling them. Just straight harassment. It's just heartbreaking. She's just like blaming herself there. I feel horrible for her because she is, you know, in this world where I'm not saying it's it's worse off for her uh, as it is to smash. I think that family as a whole deals with quite a bit. But say this is probably one of the more traumatic experiences of her young teen life. And she's having to kind of come to grips with she, you know, she's still very much, you know, a kid, but like she's getting older and she's experiencing, experiencing this racism in in a small Texas town, which, you know, no one should have to go through by any means. Um, And 
just it it seems like the world is against this family they've dealt with so much Mm -hmm. so i I definitely feel bad for her the the other thing i wanted to talk about with you though was the media coverage of this oh god yeah just a disaster the one thing that like i don't understand about the media contingent in dillon texas is they love a good scandal but like do you ever see any media at their football games no they never show the press box or anything you would think that like coach taylor like as a medium like they could inter- interview him after a game or something like that but they never really there's never any like media there to cover them and you would think that would be a medium for their for them to kind of explain the game i think it may be uh, they the writers definitely have not used that enough um the only time that i can definitely remember some being someone being interviewed after a game is when mac mcgill said all that racist stuff in season one that was yeah. after a game. Um, so they just kind of use <laughs> – this sounds dramatic. They use the media to their advantage when they need to. I'm, but, like, that's just like a, a device that they use to, I guess, I don't want to say move the story along. But, um, I mean, in this episode, that played out with – Smash's situation was maybe over. Like, maybe the board was going to suspend him. Maybe they weren't going to. And then – it's sort of a ridiculous scene at the restaurant where the whole team is there watching this kid call smash a thug. And then 10 seconds later, maybe even less, this TV broadcast crew comes in and shows a camera and a microphone in his face. <laughs> we just want the truth, smash. Hey, what the hell are you doing here? I'm looking for you, man. Do you see Adam Hughes on TV? Do you want to respond no, to what No, you trying to said? get me in trouble. Oh, I'm just trying to get the truth. Hey, hey, tell him the truth, man. Just shut the hell up. Just shut the hell up. Smash, what happened that night? Was your sister hitting on him? Is what he said true? Hell no, that's not true. It's like, how did they know he was at Applebee's? Exactly. How did how did they know? They, are we sure it's an Applebee's? Is it definitely? I an assume. I just assume so because they're either at Applebee's or that diner <laughs> or most of Fridays. the time. I don't know. It's it was so ridiculous that like it even stood out as being cringy for mid two thousands network television. That like one that an interview would ever be conducted that way. Um, two, the fact that like. Saracen and Riggins or another team leader didn't stand up and like try to protect him in that moment was a little disappointing. I, I don't think the two you named, I don't think would like step in to intervene. Cause I think Riggins, a, what we see from him with his radio career that he is very much like, yeah, tell the truth, say what's on your mind. And Saracen yeah. is way too passive to step up. That's probably fair, but somebody should have been like, Whoa, like relax but well, he was kind of being egged on like by one of yeah. his teammates he was like tell him smash like you know let him know yeah. and so it's a it's a bad situation for for smash and i'm glad that it takes a turn for the better toward the end even though there's still a lot of smash story to be told um it would be interesting though because this is a high point for smash they're not high point but like this is a positive point for smash they're so the season two was originally renewed for 22 episodes. So it would be, I think it would be naive to think that like for the next seven episodes that never got written, that those would be all positive for him. Like there would probably still at least be like one more hurdle for him to clear. So probably, or maybe he would have ended up going somewhere else. Maybe they would have said, you know, well, Miami's back in the mix instead of Whitmore. Yeah. It's just kind of, I mean, it's convenient for the show to like be able to end some storyline on a positive note. 
but there is definitely more to that arc i think than the writers were given a chance to put on screen just a total mess um the one last thing that i'll mention is that just it's just funny how how easily persuaded smash can be i mean he instantly committed to two different schools in like over the span of a couple different episodes i mean as soon as he found out his decisions yeah as soon as he found out that the whitmore coach had been watching him when he was in seventh grade he was like all right i'll go here like (laughs) you know and it's not like he had too many other options but he just decided to buy in basically immediately so all right joe i think we're gonna move into second down here uh this is probably the uh I don't want to make this sound too awkward, but the meatiest section of uh, of the four downs today, we're going to talk about Tim Riggins, Lila, the Gilmore Girls boyfriend, which I, I refuse <laughs> to refer to him as his actual name, which I believe is Chris. Um, I was going to say, like someone, uh, I think it's Riggins, calls him, how are you in the Christensen boy? Yeah, um, Christensen. <laughs> um, and his name, his name is Chris. Yeah. And the, his whole, like, I was reading like re- episode recaps. And they refer to him as Lila's Christian boyfriend. They're just really trying to drive home that religious aspect to his storyline, which Emily just, I guess, makes sense. It's not the only time that, uh, you know, I mean, the Friday Night Lights drives that home as well. Um, And then briefly here at the top, we're also going to talk about uh, our favorite character, your favorite character, Guy, the drug dealer, uh, who Riggins meets almost immediately at the top of uh, episode 13 here. And, uh, is just rightfully beating the crap out of for stealing three thousand dollars um i don't know what that it we gave riggins the mvp last episode right i believe we both we agreed on that or for the last block we did but if this scene had taken place in the previous episode then he probably is ineligible for mvp i would think i would say so yeah that's a hard hell we're, That's a hard we're, we're here. He, did, he does take the L, although much like Smash the situation, it ends up working out to a certain extent. Um, but yeah, guy comes in, beats him up. And then, I don't know, what, where do you want to go next from here? I guess we'll finish out. You want to talk more about this, uh, talk more about the situation with Guy and when Billy and Tim showed up with the yeah, money because- from Lila? I mean, that was honestly one of the more... So obviously, Tim goes to lot goes to lila um in the middle of a church service middle of a church service um she comes over to his house and tim professes his love to her and eventually lila comes around and gives him the money now the scene where they go to guy raston's house is the most it's the biggest mess possible in terms of just like everything like everything was going right and then in typical billy riggins fashion he can't get out of his own way he just he was like no it doesn't matter if he steals from you again you're not going to touch him and it's like billy he's got like four guns in this room and you're outnumbered even if he didn't have guns like what are you doing and billy just lost his temper the riggins temper billy loses it and then we get a reference to the fact that guy knows who jackie is which makes me extremely worried for Bo Miller. Like, very worried. Yeah. Like, can, we, can somebody check on Bo Miller in the year 2020 worried? I don't want to jump uh, to any conclusions, but, I mean, I, and I don't want to judge what anyone does with their weekends, but I just want to know <laughs> what Jackie's interactions with Guy are like, if at all. But Guy also kind of seems like a guy that would have tabs on people. 
I guess, but that just means that Billy and Guy have met before, which I well, don't think I, we knew, right? I don't know. I was going to say, I don't know how much like Guy and Tim have like hung out together and like maybe Tim has opened up about the fact that he, I don't know how much like Guy has been his like ear to talk to in, in terms of just like, maybe. I really like he, that he doesn't like Billy uh, dating his former um lover um so that's that, the situation I, then we didn't see that at all <laughs> no you know there, i mean the, i mean the the other the the other thing i could think of is that like uh if if tim and or if, if billy and guy have like a previous relationship um that probably makes more sense than like jackie knowing guy i think because billy seems oh to yeah be, I, th- I think that's it yeah i think billy and guy knew each other and then guy knew that he was dating Jackie, I guess. Yeah. I don't know, but it's, it's a man. It's like, I literally thought like Riggins was about to get shot. Um, like guy just holds the gun to him and he, and he doesn't pull the trigger. He just lets Tim drive off. Like, I think they kind of get away pretty like luckily in terms of like the fact that he doesn't shoot at them. Yeah. Guy doesn't want to murder some, you know, he doesn't need to murder a high school kid. I think, I think he, I think he knows his limits. Yeah. Billy would be a different story. I think if it was just Billy, Billy might be dead. I'm watching, I'm watching, I think I've mentioned this. I'm watching The Wire right now. And there's a scene in The Wire where um, there's a gunfight in this neighborhood. And unfortunately, a, uh, I don't know his age, but let's, let's say he's an eight-year-old boy, gets murdered essentially from catching a stray while he was just in his bedroom. And Idris Elba, Stringer Bell, get mad at the guys that started the fight not because a kid was killed but because now the police are going to be on them which is messed up in a bunch of different ways but i think it would be you know i think guy would look at it in a similar light like i don't need the police attention just letting these could these two guys walk they're never going to mess with me again it's it's just better to just let cooler heads prevail for this one time yeah so Tim essentially gets away and, you know, he, he gets the money back to him. Doesn't even have to pay out of his own pocket. He, yeah, you know, man, Lila just, why did Lila do that? Lila didn't have to do that. I want to know where she got the money from. Well, her, I mean, I don't know. She you think she went to Buddy from, Garrity and said, Hey, I need $3,000. She's probably got a checking account. Fair. Yeah. Maybe street gave her like his commission money. No, man, he's got to buy his own car with that. He's not going <laughs> to. Uh, but, yeah, oh so things things kind of generally work out for Tim. And, I mean, at the beginning of the episode, obviously, he's, like, really beat up. Uh, but to kind of transition into Lila, what yep. she's going through, it's a uh, – man, it's a uh, – seems to th- – like, I, I was a little bit shocked that – Chris's story arc doesn't end at like Lila telling him like about her past. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like, I mean, he was pretty chill about that. Um, Very chill. And then he kind of gets like, not confrontational per se, but like, it's not like he's threatening Tim, but like he kind of gets in his face a little bit. He didn't back down, you know, at the, you know, this is after Tim has started his radio show. um, And Gilmore tells him like, Hey, you're not going to get under my skin. Um, I'm not going to stop calling him Gilmore. By the way, Alyssa's going to be very happy that you call him Gilmore. <laughs> it's so much. It's such a better name than Chris. Chris is a 
I mean, I shouldn't say Chris is a bad name. I have a brother named Chris. Um, but Chris, I mean, it's just, it doesn't, I don't, he doesn't look like a Chris to me. I don't know. It doesn't fit. The one, I guess, kind of good thing about Chris is that he is pretty understanding of Lila uh, and like yeah. kind of like her past um, mistakes and the choices that she's made. But also, like, he's, I, I do, they don't break up at the end of this block, do they? they? They're still together, correct? Yeah. Yeah. They're still together. But something happens here where they are, they could have had sex at this family getaway thing they were alone they had the opportunity and uh gilmore essentially left and said you know don't want to do that keeping in line with the christianity element of it i guess um but it's that seemed like it made lila miss tim frankly (laughs) yeah i mean i was gonna say like the one the one good thing about chris is that he is very not well from the parts from the parts that we see of Chris, he does not pressure her at all. Like he's not, I, I think there's probably very few ways that he is bad for Lila. I don't know. Oh, if he's great for Lila. Right. And yeah, I was gonna say like, I like, I don't know what their compat- compatibility is like. They seem to get along pretty well, but like in terms of just like being a decent human being to her, he checks off all the boxes. <laughs> he's so. the opposite of buddy Garrity, which is what Lila's mom fell for. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I think she does, you know, I think she is obviously, like, she dated Jason Street, she was kind of with Tim Riggins, she likes that bravado, she likes that, you know, very just, like, um, the, the energy that the, both of them give off, but at the same time, I think that this is, you know, a pretty decent transition away from the guys she usually is with. Yeah, for sure. Um, how, is it clear how old Chris is? I don't because he's not a Dylan high school student. I don't think I we say, never like, see him at school. I was gonna say I finally kind of read up on like what the grades of the kids are. Oh, okay, enlighten us. Uh, um, so it's I'll, I'll preface by this: it's very unclear. But uh, through a Reddit deep dive, uh, there is a long thread about the ages of the Friday Night Lights characters. All right, so here's the thread I found. What is the deal with the characters' ages on Friday Night Lights? And I agree with quite a bit of this. When the first season happens, um, it was stated outright that Saracen was a sophomore, Street was a senior, and Smash was a junior. The rest of the characters were left unspecified, but it was pretty strongly implied Riggins, Tyra, and Lila were seniors. Then season two comes along, and Riggins, Tyra, and Lila are still in school. So this is kind of like jumping ahead a little bit, but into the third season uh lila riggins and tyra are all still at dylan high so it would leave it would leave everyone to believe that tim tyra and lila are all sophomores in that first season even though it was implied that they were seniors in the first season i mean they're all hanging out like like (laughs) tim tim lila and Stree are all hanging out together in that pilot episode the one thing that maybe like i guess I don't know, like the the three of them, like Lila, Tim, and Tyra, them being all the same grade maybe makes the connection between Street, Lila, and Tim more plausible because Lila and Tim are both the same age. I don't know if that's a sh- stretch, but like 
I don't want to say like Tim Wingman for street, like help, yeah. helping him get with the high school sophomore, but that's that's one way to look at it. But yeah, the 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 fact that the three of them are still in high school the next in the next season is is I think probably well, implies that they were all sophomores in that first season. And I mean, they're running into an issue here with you know because Saracen in season three is going to be a junior. And Saracen appears to be seven years younger than Tim Riggins during the first season. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm obviously kidding there, but I mean, significantly younger, at least two years. So uh, well, kind I guess of it was this, only one year. Kind of in this block, we see the relationship between Tim and Matt kind of grow a little bit because Matt's going through a bit of a spiral. We'll get into that in, th- in third down. But like, I think you could maybe – make the argument that some of Matt's comments to Tim kind of imply that they are the same age in terms of the fact that like Matt's like, why didn't we do this before? Like, why didn't we hang out as much? Yeah. Um, and that could kind of level out to like being the same thing. Oh, they hung out in this block in the, uh, in, in season, in episode uh, 14 specifically, they hung out. Um, Saracen came along with Tim when they, uh, when Tim was stalking Lila and Gilmore at some sort of a, a bar restaurant thing, sort of a, a Texas roadhouse type of environment. It did look um, like a roadhouse. A quarter of the episode maybe is uh, grab some corn nuts for your breath. Hey, hey, let's go. Mm, let's go. Mm, oh, no, I can't go to practice. Yeah, you can. Chuck some water. Oh, corn no. nuts for the breath. Let's go. As Riggins dragged drunk Saracen off to practice. <laughs> um, some really good ones from, from Riggins to Saracen. Uh, uh, when Saracen was drinking, Riggins asked him if he wanted a funnel for that, which is just a nice, nice little quote there. Um, there was one more, I think. I'm, I'm sure I'll find it before the end of the episode. Um, but Riggins, Riggins was great in this episode. After, you know, well, with Saracen specifically, the rest of Riggins was not that great, but with Saracen worked out. Third down. This is also. Uh, several sectors of, of the show to cover here. Um, we're going to start off with Tyra um, just being an absolute horrible person to Landry's new love interest after Landry basically told her off at the dance last block. Um, and this, much of this block is just Tyra going back and forth on whether or not she likes Landry. She consults Julie, she consults Tammy. And then she consults her mom, um, who gives, I don't know, what, how would you describe her mom's answer to um, being, you know, competitive with other girls over a guy? It's, uh, I mean, it's pretty consistent. She basically competes with Pam Garrity for Buddy. Well, yes. Pam's not really competing with her, but oh like. Oh, God, I forgot about that. So <laughs> there's, there's that. It's consistent with what we've seen, and, and I think it's fitting for her character. It's pretty toxic just overall. Um, she has some pretty, I think, um, and maybe not to her own fault, but she has some very skewed views on like relationships. And I think that probably plays a part in, in Tyra's like the psychology of like Tyra's like, um, views on love and whatnot. So I think there's some, some parallels there. Yep. So time's up. Um, I guess going back for Landry realizes she likes him slash realizes she likes, uh, I believe the chase is how her mom described it. Uh, whatever her motivations are, Tyra decides to, to go for it. Um, on a, on a date, she storms Landry on while he's on a date with Jean. Tyra tries to get him back. He says, Hey, I'm on a date. 
looks like he's going to pick Gene, and then he breaks up with her by just not talking. Yeah, I don't know how to say this, but. Then don't. Would we please just, just try and listen to me? Landry, no, right. Landry, I don't want to listen. Please don't do this. All right. This isn't this isn't fair to you for me for me to just ignore this and pretend like it's not there. I can't just keep doing that to you, okay? Yeah. So t uh, Landry ends up making uh, probably the wrong decision, right? Wouldn't you say? I mean, going with with Tyra over Gene. Um, even though I do kind of see his point, like he's probably never going to get Tyra out of his head if he knows that that's an option, um, given all that they've been through. I was going to say I don't think it's the wrong move in terms of he probably owes it to Jean to not put her through that any longer than she needs to. Yeah. So I think he's definitely still hung up on Tyra and it's only fair to Jean. A, I mean, I'm not trying to like paint Landry as a hero, so don't get me wrong, but the fact that he broke up with her in person and just ended it instead of dragging her along as yeah. if there's nothing there it's pretty honorable. I got to give it to Landry here. Pretty brutal way to break up with her though. There's not a great way to break I up guess, with someone. I guess just the blindsidedness of like, he just like basically summoned her she, to his car and then didn't say anything. And she just had to she, assume. She kind of knew. <laughs> she like, you can tell from the, the way she reacts. She's like, yep. Saw this coming. Yeah, that's true. Cause she's the minute he it comes out of his mouth. She's like, don't, don't say it. Don't, I, I know what you're going to say. I don't need to hear it. Landry's not getting any of my MVP awards from, for, or, you know, any of my, any, he's not getting a vote from me this week. I'll say that. But, um, although he well, we're going to have, have a really interesting MVP conversation. Do you think he's the MVP? <laughs> I guess we'll so, save it. Okay. It's a pretty weak field. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty weak field. Um, I, there's more in this block. None of it is more interesting than that. But I mean, we've got basically Julie sort of being jealous or appearing to be jealous about Tyra and Tammy's relationship. And it bubbles over and it looks like Julie just blew up this volleyball party, which shouts to Tammy for being the best volleyball coach in the state. But uh, in reality, it was just Tammy forgot to take or I guess forgot to pick up Julie or take Julie or meet Julie at the DMV. I don't know. It's not really clear what the order of operations was but tammy messed up and then accused her daughter of being jealous which is an l for tammy another l for tammy that's why yeah, this but, is the worst season by the way it's because it's the worst season for tammy by far <laughs> i was gonna say it's a not a great season for tammy or eric because it starts off with eric getting into the college coaching ranks and then like completely quitting that yeah within like a few weeks so it's pretty rough pretty rough for uh Really, all the parents of the show. Buddy has a hell of a time. Um, I guess that's it. It's really just those three. Grandma Saracen is perfect. So that's true. Although she did, she did uh, injure herself in this episode, which is an outstanding segue to our fourth down. Um, Matt Saracen. Matt Saracen was not in episode one really at all. I think he was like a sort of a background character in one scene of the first episode of this of this block. But the second episode of this block is just dedicated to his meltdown. Um, we get he's taking care of his grandma. Very at the top of this uh, the second episode, 
obviously very sad about Carlotta. Um, Grandma Saracen asks him, you know, why do you think she left or something like that? Um, and Matt just has to kind of like wallow in his own sadness. Um, let's see. Oh, I thought it was funny. This kind of goes back into Smash, but Smash, Saracen finds out the news that Smash has been suspended for three games on the radio the next day. <laughs> which is a pretty a pretty funny way to do that, I think. I don't know that that would really I, – I, I think even in the mid-2000s, there would have been a text chain is probably how that would have gone down. But Does Matt have a cell phone? Yeah, he's got a cell phone that he uses in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, it's, it's rough, man. I, I feel probably of all the characters, um, you know, I think you can make a lot of arguments for a lot of different characters, but like – Matt goes through quite a bit and he lays it all out when he's sitting in his bathtub with the shower on that coach Taylor um, turned on yeah. to sober him up, but he has just gone through way too much for, I mean, we, we talk about, I feel like to talk about this with smash, talk about this with, um, you know, Tyra uh, and just, he goes through more than any kid should have to go through. And especially with his father, basically, Lo- like l- loves being in the military more than being yeah. you know, a father. So it's uh, and then he's got to take care of it. Like he doesn't have, and the, the one thing that like, I guess it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me is like, why wouldn't they just get a new in-home nurse? Like, wh- yeah. Maybe she left too suddenly. I thought about that too. Cause I mean, maybe it's not coming. spoiler alert. I mean, well, I was going to say like, I don't think there's ever any point where she has another caretaker. Really? Um, so it's, uh, it, it's kind of, it's back on Matt to take like cook and like take care of his grandmother. Um, plus he doesn't have smash Williams in his backfield anymore. Yep. Um, his car breaks so. down that his ex-girlfriend told him to buy. No, you, I mean, you mentioned that scene. I mean, first off, I think it's on the short list we're, we're going to do a season two award show next week, despite the fact that we hate the season. Um, but I, that's on the short list for scene of the season, um, probably in the top 10 or 15 for the whole series, I would think. Um, but yeah, he's, <laughs> it's just so great because uh, Saracen tells coach, I don't I need mean, any of your dad coach talk. So you feel free to just go home. Don't touch me. Get off. Get off. What do you do? You know how many people depend on you to make good decisions? Huh? And Taylor, Coach Taylor responds by grabbing him by the neck and just like shit, you know, running him into the shower. Um, and I know, I know you're probably going to edit the clip in, but he he really he lays it all out there. He says, you better stop being so damn selfish and stop feeling shut sorry up. for yourself. You hear shut me? up! You don't care about me. You let me for a better job. Your daughter let me for a better guy. Carlotta let me for what a mom. My dad let me for damn war. I mean, you kind of see like, I mean, that's, that's as bad as sad as it gets. Like you can, it it almost, it kind of feels to me, it felt like Matt was, I don't want to say being a drama queen about it, but he was just sort of feeling sorry for himself. But then when you really lay out all four of those points, just together as he's screaming in this bathtub, fully clothed, wasted. Uh, I, you know, it's, it, it's pretty relatable, I think, or you, you at least understand Saracen a little bit more. He can be as dramatic as he wants to. Like, I, <laughs> I, I think he's completely justified and like, yeah. you know, you have, you, there's just sometimes you have horrible, horrible days and 
Matt was having a horrible, horrible day where just like nothing could go right. Um, and he's just dealing with everything. It's just like, it's just, and he is a kid that obviously like, um, I, I think Matt ha- has a lot of like mature qualities, but like he definitely spirals pretty easily. And I mean, he's a high school junior. He's like 17 years old. So like, I don't think we should expect him to like have it completely figured out and put together. Oh yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm kind of with like Matt, like I think that this is just way too much and it's good that he has coach Taylor there to kind of help him and, you know, try to kind of help guide him through it. Cause no one else really is. I, I don't know why of all those things that he talked about that really cut, like I, I like, I mean, obviously like his dad uh, not being there for him, which is a very relatable experience for a lot of people. Um, but the way he like threw in the whole, like your daughter left me was just like, I don't know why, but I was like, I, piling can, on, yeah. can you point the camera at Eric's face when he says that? <laughs> Cause I just want to see <laughs> reaction to that. I mean, Eric really, I, I, I kind of expected Eric to do, you know, to just kind of like give him a big, big speech or whatever. But Eric's response is, um, or I guess Matt says, what's wrong with me? And coach Taylor says, there's nothing wrong with you at all. And it's just kind of like it, it hits Eric that like Saracen has had so much thrown on him here. Probably too much, definitely too much, uh, for one kid to try to take in. Oh, by the way, while he's trying to work a job and his car broke down, I mean, it was just, it just all spiraled for him. Um, I, I I found the other quote that from Riggins uh, that I wanted to shout out here. It was uh, whenever he's looking at the bikes, uh, Riggins sees him and um, Riggins says, oh, you're skipping school again uh, or skipping practice again. And Saracen said, well, yesterday just kind of turned into the day. So... <laughs> Which is pretty rough. Uh, but then Riggins says, I always skip Wednesdays whenever Saracen asks him why he's not in school. So. <laughs> I always skip Wednesdays is an amazing line. <laughs> that, that's like a great, I mean, you can't really make like an apparel cut. Like, like that's not a brand, but it's kind of, you know, I, I always skip Mondays would be a, uh, could, could maybe be like a t-shirt brand or something. I don't know. Um, I don't know anything no else on Saracen. Saracen, I mean, he, you know, he ends up kind of not on a high note, but I mean, they win the game at the end of the 15th episode here. Um, not a ton more after the, the, the bathtub scene with him. I don't think. We missed one part of his spiral in season two, episode 14, leave no one behind Matt, obviously struggling with Carlotta. Uh, his car breaks down. The next part we miss uh, is Matt calling his art teacher a bitch. Oh, that's right. Which that was is so funny. <laughs> God, I and I'm not advocating for students to no, no. talk to their teachers that way. But God, there's so many times where you're like you're just in one not art class per se, but just like when you're doing an assignment where you're like, there's nothing more to this. There's nothing to expand on it. Why are you trying to force a conversation out of this? And I mean, yeah. I'm sure there's a deeper, a deeper connection between the flower vases that they were drawing, but like there was just, there's just, I'm, I'm sure a lot of kids can relate to that experience of just wanting to say what's on your mind doing an assignment and then him showing up drunk to practice Yeah, uh, and basically doing just a Riggins' Peyton, fault, honestly. Yeah. But him doing like the Peyton Manning impression. Um, and before Manning, before Manning was even really doing it. I mean, he shouted out Omaha was, I guess was Manning. I feel like the Omaha thing with Manning became famous like later in his career. We'd have to look it up, but yeah, I mean, the, I it was, 
it was very uh it was very Peyton Manning-esque and then coach Taylor sobers him up pretty quick which yeah. is the second time in this episode or in this well, block that Taylor does that and then there's the great line where Mac McGill says you smell that on his breath and coach Taylor goes no I do not very clearly he did but he is not gonna you know they, the adults in the show don't like alcohol, but they aren't really very, you know, for, they don't want their kids to drink alcohol, but they're also not like sh- too strict about it. They're terrible but, at policing it for sure. In this episode, Coach Taylor told his daughter, you know, don't drink and drive, but he didn't bother to say just don't drink at all because <laughs> yeah. she's 17. Um, but he probably, I guess he knew that that was unrealistic, but I don't know. Saracen's just. You know, we'll, we'll see where he picks up in season three, but um, not a great season for for Saracen, I wouldn't say. I mean, it it it, it had a high point for sure. Um, but <laughs> his uh, what was it? Landry calls him uh, or calls Carlotta his like in home nanny or something like that. No, he call he yeah he calls him an, a Mexican nanny, and Saracen says nanny. she's Guatemalan and she's an in home nurse. <laughs> <laughs> told you that a hundred times <laughs> the 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 saracen landry banter in this block was was pretty good actually um even though they spent most of the season apart due to landry having to you know deal with the, the murder thing um but i was gonna I say know. we don't get a whole lot of uh exchanges between like just friendly exchanges between matt and landry like we did before i feel, I feel like season one they were more prevalent well, Matt is more, I feel like, more entrenched in his football world than yeah. he was certainly whenever season one, certainly than in the pilot when he was just the backup quarterback. And Landry is, again, dealing with a, a literal murder and hanging out with uh, the people that Friday Night Lights thinks he should be hanging out with, like Gene and Castor. This probably could be a, uh, a down, but... It ends up being an extra point. Um, we find out, again, we already knew this, but Buddy thinks that uh, every problem anybody has can be solved with giving them a job at his car dealership. <laughs> so when Street's car uh, needs more repairs than it's worth, and he freaks out. By the way, Jason Street is just lamenting the fact that he has $8,000 in his account, which is, by the way, for a 19-year-old kid that has never had a job before, an, an enormous amount of money. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like when he said when he asked buddy garrity do you know how much money i have in, to my name i was expecting him to say like 200 or like 27 dollars like then i would have felt bad for him but when, when he, he said, said like grand i was like you've got rent for like the next nine months paid and you can eat ramen noodles for 47 cents a meal like you're fine i wouldn't even say the next nine months like living in dillon texas you could probably keep you could probably get a year I yeah, he's, got, he's living with Herc. I mean, I'm sure he's got some medical expenses, but theoretically um, his roommate is covering some, or not his roommate, his insurance is covering some of those as well. Um, no, I mean, $8,000 for it. I mean, it's amazing that he even has that much, to be honest. Um, but he decides to take this job from Buddy uh, at the car dealership uh, and is immediately hazed by the people that see him as competition. Yes. One quick thing about Buddy, though. I love Buddy Garrity. I also hate him. So going back to your point that he basically thinks the entire solution to everyone's problems is getting a job at his dealership. He brings on Matt's father 
and yep. makes sure that it is known that he is a military veteran. Yep. He brings on Santiago and uses him as entertainment for his customers as somewhat of a fair, I guess, yeah. at his dealership. And then he brings on Street and he, I don't think he necessarily uses the, like his, dis, like, uh, his disability. He uses his, his uh, football stardom more so than his disability. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, he uses his football stardom and his obvious injury. Um, yeah situation yeah anyway um he also uses uh tyra's mom you could say how so well didn't Ty, that whole affair started because oh. tyra's mom oh <laughs> i thought you <laughs> meant with jason i thought you meant no, with no, jason no, i was like no no that's just a for another person that he has given a job to at his car dealership for his own game like we're talking um, about i mean how many characters are there in the show like 30 and he's given four of them a job at his car dealership. Like <laughs> it's an ensemble cat. Everyone, everyone makes their way through the Garrity dealership. Everyone has that on their resume. Um, so yeah, anyway, but yeah, street gets hazed a little bit. Um, and kind of a, I mean, it, it made me mad watching it. Cause I, oh, so bad. I just, that, that, uh, that salesperson just really irked me. But, uh, Street really validates himself at the end of this episode, yeah, or at the end of the block. He's got. Um, well, you want to you want to talk about him selling that car to? Is it Gerald? Is that his name? The Lucky Lou? Gerald, yeah, the Lucky Gerald. Lou. I mean, yeah, he he's got the high point there. Um, but then, yeah, as as you alluded to, he is eventually confronted at work while he's about to sell another car. It appears by his one night stand from a few episodes ago, and. As a viewer, you immediately know that she's pregnant as soon as you see her again, right? I don't know if you immediately know that, but yeah, it's it's implied that this isn't a friendly visit. Like, yeah, hey, it was just around. <laughs> what? Well, and she apparently was not returning his calls until this happened. Um, yeah, uh, it. Whew, lots to unpack here. Um, it's a uh, once again as we kind of get into the social commentary of things yeah. um so his this woman that he hooked up with one time aaron is pregnant and street is obviously very amazed that he can even get someone pregnant calls it a miracle so calls times. it a miracle and Herc then says what are you going to do about this little miracle of yours which is pretty funny <laughs> <laughs> um but obviously like from his own standpoint and a very selfish standpoint, he's just like, you have to have this child <laughs> not thinking about the, the context. Like he's not the one who has to give birth or bear that burden. Yeah. Um, well, and he also just confronts her at her job with other people around, which is to be fair, I guess is what she did to him, but at least they were having a private conversation. Like there were, yeah. her colleagues were just like, about you know they're just moving <laughs> around like <laughs> it wasn't like there's was like a lot of like it like the restaurant wasn't really open there wasn't like a lot of chatter so like it like definitely like could probably be heard by yeah. anyone when uh, she was definitely aware of that she like as soon as he would say something like pretty explicit she would like look around to see who had heard like she was very clearly uncomfortable with it um this yeah i was gonna say and the thing that like really like made it was when she's like i'm not going to be your little experiment yeah um, which is a good point because that's clearly what i mean i think jason D did actually you know he wants to be a father uh, and really thinks that this is his only chance but like 
I don't know. Like she said, you can't put that on her, um, which is another thing that she articulated. Like, I don't know. So not a not a great look for for Street, which I think you could maybe argue an MVP run for Street um, up until this point, where like it gets very uh, difficult for him as far as like navigating this relationship. Which, by the way, um, I thought Aaron was a lot older. She I did is nineteen. Too. She is nineteen, and apparently Street is nineteen as well. So well, Street being nineteen makes sense because he's a year yes. out of high school. Um, but I definitely thought she was at least like 23, 24. Um, but I don't know. I wonder how old, I, I didn't look up the actress to know how old the actress would have been when this episode was airing. But um, I don't know. I guess it ends up, I mean, the, literally the last scene of the season is um, him kind of, I don't want to say giving a hard sell, but as a car salesman, I mean, he's, He's doing, uh, you know, he's trying to convince her that they can do this together and that he, you know, he wants to, he wants to be all in essentially, um, which he does in part, thanks to direct advice from uh, Eric Taylor. Yeah. Uh, Coach Taylor has another great quote. Uh, he says, what I know about women, you can fit in this damn coffee cup, which, <laughs> <laughs> but then he, and then he says, but what I do know is that you need honesty and truth, or I don't remember whatever he said that was actually of substance, but uh, I only wrote down the funny part, but um, yeah. And that's how, that is how season two ends with uh street trying to convince this woman to, uh, I guess, keep their baby. Which I mean, in uh, under normal circumstances, that's not a terrible cliffhanger for a season to end on. No, not at all. Pretty good. But in that last episode, there is another extra point we must discuss. Tammy's high school sweetheart is back in town for a unveiling at the Dillon Regional Hospital for a helicopter ambulance that they have been granted. So he is there to basically cut the ribbon. And this is uh, not obviously very much loved. His introduction into the town is not very much welcomed by Eric Taylor. Um, there's definitely a past there that... It's, of, of all the things that I think that we really don't get to explore too much, I mean, Smash is up there, like, as, as far as, like, the season two, like, having a, a, a formal ending. Smash yeah. and how his thing kind of turns out, would have loved to have seen, like, what the playoffs look like, how Dylan goes. And I know that they, like, we will learn soon in season three how that looks like. But not getting more clarity on that. And then Coach Taylor where do coach Taylor and, and Tammy go from here? Cause this is like a pretty serious thing. Yeah. Although, I mean, we get the, the next morning, Sunday morning, they're all going to church and Tammy kind of trolls him and is kind of giving them some banter, telling Julie to yell loud things at him, you know, et cetera. Um, I want to know how he got home. Tammy left. Tammy said, bye honey. I'll see you at home. I bet he called in buddy or called a taxi. Buddy, like Buddy owes him a There's few no favors. taxis in Dillon, Texas in 2006. No way. Buddy definitely owes Taylor a few uh, car rides. I bet Buddy is def. I hadn't thought about that because it's like, yeah, you can't call an Uber. He's probably not getting like an employee at this nice restaurant's not going to take him home. So the options are Buddy <laughs> or in the back of a police cruiser. I need <laughs> Those are the only options. <laughs> I need a del- I know that he doesn't have one, but I would have loved a deleted scene of Matt Saracen picking up coach Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> if his car was still working. Yeah. yeah. 
Coach Taylor calls Matt to pick him up. That would have been great. That would not have been the most absurd thing to happen in season two. Riggin, Probably not. In the Riggins could have picked him up. <laughs> Riggins, uh, he wouldn't have never called Riggins. Riggins, he can't give Riggins that much leverage. That's Matt. all I can really think of. Maybe Mac McGill, but Mac McGill, Buddy Garrity are probably your front runners for that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, this whole thing is fine. I get. I don't know. Uh, like we've talked about, I'm not super interested into the in the intramarital. Uh, we got Coach I'm, Taylor fighting know. one of Tammy's ex boyfriends in an Italian restaurant. That was fun. I didn't need like the during the football game the seven times that he glanced around to see that this guy was holding Gracie, and the fact that like Tam, why like Tammy of course would know that that would piss Eric off. Like why would she let him do that? That's true. Um, are Tammy you, did not show much uh, self awareness in this episode. Um, unrelated to that, on the football game, are you up or down on Eric letting the other team score? Yeah, why do you think he did that? Because he he made he he saw that this guy was holding his his daughter and then immediately was like let him go like what is the correlation there i don't um, understand my my brain immediately wants to go to that uh <laughs> that mo had the over <laughs> or had the under had <laughs> <laughs> the under <laughs> that would have been an amazing storyline or yeah had bet on dylan getting the shutout or something um, they really should th that's what the show is missing is a, a good gambling subplot <laughs> why did why, why i don't think we ever get that do we i don't think so i mean it's it's i imagine almost impossible to gamble on high school football but <laughs> uh, especially when you've got players getting suspended for certain things um I think it. Might, I mean, week, the, the only I think really argument you can make is that it Eric shows that like I am I am the bigger man than you. Um, yeah, but then the next night he's fighting this guy and they're seeing who could drink more shots and stay awake. I guess. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, he's. I guess maybe he was trying to be the bigger man. I guess, but he also. I don't know. It, it gave the guy. I mean, he gave him crap for it. It's like, oh, you blew the shutout, though. You did. It's like. <laughs> Uh, I want I the know. red light thing explained. Yeah, the red light, green light thing was weird. I, I don't know. I mean, it was great to see Coach Taylor kind of get, I don't know, would you say primal? Is that the, the right word? Um, trying to defend Tammy. Macho man, but, Eric uh, Taylor. <laughs> yeah. But Tammy really, I mean, I don't want to blame Tammy for this, but she really could have done a lot to prevent it, in my opinion. But, yeah. Tammy seems I mean, to. She, she, she really welcomed it. I was going to say, it's not really a great block at all for Tammy. Uh, no, well, it's horrible, horrible season for Tammy, other uh, than her having the kid. Yeah, I was, well, I guess like she gets very wrapped up in the whole volleyball coaching thing. Um, I don't that was nice, yeah. Uh, but what, what I'm saying is like, I think she definitely li liked the attention she got from like helping those, not the attention, but like you, uh, she's a guidance counselor. So of course, like she probably loves being able to help kids. And this is another way for her to feed that. Yeah. She has like a very friendly relationship with Glenn. Um, and she obviously like, you know, I don't think she has a lot of, let me put it this way. I, here, here's a better way of putting this. I don't think that Tammy gets a lot of adult to adult interaction. And when she finally does, she almost always capitalizes on it. Because why else would she hang out with Glenn? 
that's true and mo, yep, mo, mo isn't like the best probably person either to be hanging out with but there's obviously a past there there's a history there um but i think that probably as both of us get older we're gonna realize how hard it is to have adult to adult interaction um outside of like work and stuff but like i'm assuming that yeah tammy enjoyed enjoys that aspect of it i think that's definitely fair um all right, do you want to round this out? We got a yes, we got season two final block. I believe block season two block five awards here. Um, started off, we shall, we always start off with LVP. Um, I'll just go ahead and say uh, it's Tammy for me. And we just talked about all the reasons why. Yeah. Tammy, Tammy Taylor. Um, I would have almost said a Riggins brother co-LVP. I don't know. I don't know. I think, yeah, go ahead. Make your case. I don't know if what Tammy does, like other than like, you know, she, she obviously stands up Julie and the whole handling of the Mo situation isn't great. Um, yes. But I think Riggins and Billy or Tim and Billy, the way that they handle the whole guy Raston situation is a huge, huge L. And then. I disagree. I disagree. It worked out. I mean, yeah, okay, yeah, sure. They they got the money back to him, but like Billy made it a ten times harder when he's just like, you better not touch Tim. And then in the next episode, Tim like kind of uh, I I don't want to say like he is responsible completely, but he definitely escalates Matt's spiral by encouraging him to like just like, hey, be like me. Let's drink a lot, bunch of alcohol. Um, and then in the third episode, he has the radio show and is just very petty and like is just yeah. treats Lila like, you know, like he's just being the petty ex-boyfriend basic. I don't know if they're ever in a relationship, but like he's very petty and like is very much trying to be somewhat of a, a homewrecker. In so I, I have I have counterpoints to each of those, which I think those are very good um, or very, very reasonable. The guy Raston situation, I would say no harm, no foul. Nobody got shot. It's fine. They got out. He still got he his got ass 3, kicked. I, I mean, not more so than he normally would on a standard Tuesday. I mean, <laughs> that happened. Billy gets in fights all the time. Like, That's fair. It's fine. Um, you know, and Riggins got Billy out of that, by the way. Like, Riggins, you know, I, I think he did He did pretty well to get out of that. Um, what was the second point? It was, uh, oh, it was Saracen. Uh, I think he was trying to help Saracen. Um and obviously did not understand that Saracen does not have the tolerance that he does, which is, which is a, a mistake, a misfire. But they didn't lose a game uh, because of it. Again, no harm, no foul. And then with the Lila thing, um, how do I want to say this? I don't know that he's wrong, frankly. Like, I, I think it's fine for him to go after Lila. I can't believe he's been I, this much of a jerk after she gave him $3,000 for no reason. See, that, that's, but, my, that's my problem, though, is the fact that, like, she goes out of her way to help him and she explicitly says like, Hey, this isn't going to happen. And then he harasses her. Like, I don't see how that's, I don't, I like, I understand like, you know, like don't give up, like keep chasing yeah. her, but there's different ways than harassing her than, than that. There was, it was a little bit gross. You're right. Um, but I don't know. I feel like Tammy just with the, the situation at the DMV, which she kind of rectifies. Um, Here, here's, but couldn't get, the, 
yeah, I don't know. Here's my compromise. See, uh, this block LVP, the writers of episode 15, the writers <laughs> who didn't get a chance to advance this story any more than they did. And maybe it's not their fault, Fair enough. but, um, yeah. I, I think the show as a whole, this is like a, this is like when, um, it's, it's like when too many players football tackle, like it's just a team tackle basically. Yeah. This is, this is a team LVP, I think. That's, that's probably fair. I think, I think it's either, I mean, Tammy or Riggins, um, or the writers, we could, we could split it. We can split it two or three ways. Um, the last thing that I'll say for Tammy is this is probably the last time we'll be, I, I know we gave Tammy LVP. I think it was last week, maybe the week before, but this is really the last time to give it to Tammy. Riggins is an LVP candidate every single week. Um, but alas, what was your uh, – what, what about Matt Saracen overthinking award? Do you have anything for that? I mean, I, I think that uh, of anything, Billy's speech to Guy saying well, – like, You really don't like Billy. Okay, huh? I know this is just – it's bad timing of the way we give out the awards. If it was more spaced out, it wouldn't seem like I'm attacking him. Um, <laughs> but I think that – I think that that speech – actually, I, I'll give you uh, – I'll give you two uh, – well, I want to hear your options as well, but okay. that speech to guy also okay. smash going to the Alabama scout to basically like take him back. I, I think like he's overthinking yeah. the fact that he has other options. I had smash written down for uh, recanting his apology in the heat of the moment. Ooh, yeah, no, that's good. So yeah, I think it's probably smash for either that or also I mean, honestly, could it go to Noel for thinking that taking him to the Alabama scout would work? It's hard for me to like punish smash too much for like the apology thing, because like, I don't think he needed to apologize whatsoever. Um, so no, but it would have been better. It would have been sadly, it would have been better if he had just not said anything. Um, yeah, but that's, that's America. Yes. Um, what did you say? We were talking over Slack last night and we were talking about these scenes and you said, uh, Alexa play, this is America by childish Campino. Yes. At 11 25 PM on Thursday night, Spencer messaged me, God, I forgot that ra- that the racist had smash arrested. And I replied, Alexa play, this is America by childish Campino. <laughs> oh God. All right. Smash gets the Matt Harrison overthinking award. Um, was there an insult of the week that was just great? I mean, I guess it was probably some of the barbs traded from um, from Coach Taylor and Mo at the end there. Um, I have one written down, and it's okay. It's kind of it, it's kind of a one offer, like it it really applies to nothing about this episode. But in season two, episode thirteen, humble pie, Tim and Billy before, uh, who was it? I think it, Lila shows up at the doorstep. Um, but they're just like kind of talking. They're just kind of hanging out and Billy is talking about this, is talking about the stock market and how like, like he, he thinks that he can get, like he can get rich off of the stock stock market. And Tim tells Billy, you're going to apply your grade nine education to the stock market. And I just, I don't know why that made me laugh so much, but it did. God dang. Let me tell you, as somebody who made fifty dollars off the stock market this morning, it's not—it's not that hard. I mean, you, you, you got to get lucky. Are you on Robinhood? I'm not. I'm on E Trade. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not in the Robinhood generation. Uh, but I did. Uh, I did sell some Pinterest stock this morning after it shot up. Um, and then 
very on brand for me. I turned around, took those profits and immediately invested it into Slack. So, <laughs> oh boy. Joe is so disappointed in me. Oh, this um, is the most expensive conversation ever. <laughs> monologue of the week. Uh, not really a monologue, but uh, the, the Matt Saracen in the bathtub, I think would maybe qualify here. I, I, I have a, I have a different one. Okay. Um, so I think the Matt one definitely like his, his monologue. It's like, it, it like literally almost brought me to tears. Like I've watched this so many times and like, it's just such, such an emotional scene, but I love Corinna Williams at the end of season yeah, two, episode 15, one. talking to smash mainly for this line saying that God doesn't ever fumble. I know it wasn't what you dreamed of. But honey, when a door closes, God opens a window. He don't never fumble the ball, baby. He always gets the touchdown. That's God's plan. And you're gonna get a good education, Brian. And you're gonna be the star of that team. It's gonna be all right. That like I, I'm, you know, it reminded me of the whole Twitter meme, like he don't miss. Uh, but him, <laughs> I just got so hype. I was just like let's go this is my this is why i stand corinna williams so much (laughs) i like that and that that is more of a monologue versus what um i mean matt's thing was just like you know it was over in nine or ten seconds it was great it was probably the best acting from zach guilford of the whole series which is not an insult on zach guilford um necessarily i guess he doesn't get a lot of opportunities to show his fastball for sure no but that was I mean, this he threw 99 there. Um, so I think either one probably works. The Guilford scene is is more famous, certainly, is sort of a classic Friday Night Lights scene. Um, but uh, the one from Smash's Mom is more of a monologue. Um, uh, pop culture reference. The only one that I caught was uh, – it's not really cringy um, – but it's, it was something about whenever Gene was trying to tell Landry what they were going to do the weekend. Watching Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yeah. Were they going to watch it on YouTube? Yeah. Was that the thing? Yeah. Which is a Which completely outdated. Very early, no, it's, it has aged amazingly. Uh, YouTube is probably the most visited website in the United States 15 years later. Um, but... In 2005, six, you know, between The Office and YouTube getting shout outs, this was, you know, a, a, the, the writers kind of nailed that, whatever, you know, whether they were going to shout out. But I have two. I don't know. Um, two more? Okay. I've got Landry and Matt playing Guitar Hero as. Oh, I missed that. As when Landry and Matt are talking, like the whole, the whole, the same scene where uh, <laughs> Landry calls Carlotta his, uh, Grandma Saracen's Mexican <laughs> nanny. Uh, they're like, he has a guitar hero <laughs> guitar in his hands. Um, the other Amazing. one, the other one in the same episode, uh, which is episode 15, may the best man win, uh, smash speaking with the arena football rep. Um, I don't know if, uh, yeah. I, I don't know if arena football really, you can count it as pop culture, but it dates the show quite a bit, That that's an option. Is arena football still around? indoor football is i think arena football i'm pretty sure that i'm I'm pretty i'm pretty sure the arena football league is probably still around in some form and there's still some indoor football leagues kind of around the country but yeah the arena football league it actually closed in 2019 
RAP, the Arena Football League. It was founded in 1987, making it the third longest running professional football league in North America until the AFL closed in 2019. It's honestly pretty Man, impressive. Imagine closing business just before the, a pandemic hits. Really good timing on their part. Um, I believe former Oklahoma quarterback um, Tommy Grady. Uh, Tommy Grady won a MVP in the Arena Football League. Tommy Grady was definitely an AFL all-star. He uh, was the quarterback of the Oklahoma City Yard Dogs for a little bit. Man, I remember uh, the Tulsa Talons were 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 a fun a fun thing to do back in the day. I w- I would buy it. if there if there's any Tulsa Talons gear floating around still. I, I would buy some merch. Oh, I I think on a weekly basis about pulling the trigger on some OKC Yard Dogs like um, off brand stuff. Not off brand, but like knock off. Yeah, knock off OKC Yard Dog stuff. <laughs> All right, Joe, we're disagreeing on MVP. Um, you're giving it to Landry? I think there's a case for Landry. I don't know if I'm giving it to him, but I think there is a case for Landry. I, I also think he fell into this trap. I don't know. I also, go ahead, go ahead. so I think here's the thing about this MVP class. Everyone, it's kind of like. This class. It's definitely Sorry. it's definitely like a year in college football where everyone has a pretty outlandish loss. You just kind of have to toss it to the side because everyone has. This is 2007. This is two- Boston College was number two at one point. This is definitely 2007 college football because I think everyone has a pretty big L. Uh, I think you could make the case for a few different people, Landry being one of them. Uh, the way he – like his biggest L is like the breakup, which he handles probably as good as you could probably handle it. Yeah, but he picked the wrong girl. But he's been chasing that girl since season one. And he and she came to him. Yeah, but like he, he said, you know, Jean is not embarrassed to be seen with me. Like she wants to be around me. Like he had it right and he, he just couldn't overcorrection. Get over, well, yeah, he just he just he just I guess couldn't get Tyra out of his own head. Um here, here's what I'll know. here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. So he did score a touchdown. I was gonna say yeah, he, he scores a touchdown. Um, but he, it didn't. It was garbage time. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I think you could also kind of make a case for Tyra. You could kind of make one because she gets Landry back, and she also is the star of the volleyball team. Those are some decent. That th- is that is more. I'm more sympathetic to that than Landry for some reason. Even though I think, again, I think Tyra is bad for Landry, and I think that she is sort of being a little bit toxic following in her mom's footsteps with this. Um, but the volley, I'm the vo- the star of the volleyball team is a much bigger deal to me than Landry scoring in a forty to nothing game. Yeah, with the second team offense, even though Riggins and Saracen were still in the game. Yeah, very weird. That was, that that, was that's a bad football logic thing. We don't really do that segment anymore because there's not typically. Uh, something there. But I mean, some, that's, him that's letting the other logic. team, him letting the other team score, definitely some bad football logic. I don't think there's many coaches that would actually do that. I don't know why you would. I mean, I thought when he yelled after Santiago, I thought he was going to send him send Santiago <laughs> send the house. to the quarterback. Yeah, I thought he was about to do like an engage eight or whatever. Can I can I make a case for a, a third party here that we haven't mentioned? Yes, go for it. <laughs> I feel like Coach Taylor had a pretty good block. Uh, that was the other. Th- that was the third one that I was going to mention because he, 
He gets Smash out of this mess against all odds, gets him a scholarship at Whitmore, um, almost gets him out out of this mess before he lost his TMU scholarship if Smash would have just listened to him. Um, he gets has this whole the whole thing with Saracen in the bathtub that worked out. Uh, he got to be he won a fight. I'm declaring him the winner with one of Tammy's ex boyfriends. Um, he went undefeated this episode without his best player or with this block without his best player. Um, he seems to be more in tune with Julie's emotions than Tammy is. I mean, what more? What more? What more can you ask for? I think you might be right. I think it might he be. He talks right. straight through his situation with uh, Aaron. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I think it's. I think it's Coach Taylor. Okay, you you uh, sold me. You sold me for sure. Okay. I think uh, he, just, he didn't have any else. He who was the 2017 that didn't lose? Wasn't was it like or I think LSU lost to Alabama maybe, but then ended up winning the national title anyway. Am I remember that. 2007 right? was a blur, man. <laughs> I think, they ended up, I think it ended up being – for all the parody, I believe the national title game that year was LSU versus Ohio State. <laughs> no, but I, I think you're dead on, though. I think it's Taylor. And uh, I think uh, if there's like an all-Taylor-made first team, um, Tyra and Landry are making it. <laughs> we should add that to our, uh, to our, to our award show for next week. Spencer, that does it for us on today's episode. We'll be back next week to do the season two awards, which I'm not sure it is deserving of such praise, but we will do it regardless. And we appreciate you guys for listening and helping, you know, following along as we finish out season two, which, you know, we had a literal hiatus in the middle of this, which also ended abruptly. So it's uh, pretty fitting, but um, we appreciate you guys for m- making us a part of your day. TaylorMade is available on all major podcast platforms. We hope you guys are subscribed. And if you use Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star rating and review. Uh, until next week, for Spencer Davis, my name is Joe Bettner. Clear eyes. Full hearts. Can't lose.